What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Thursday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. Hope you're soaking up the sun, man. So I'm uh, on my way in for the uh, second part of the, the day and uh, get the old text message from, from Iowa Russ. And he's like, hey, dude, can we go play nine? I'm like, I would love to. But uh, we got to talk uh, four overtimes and a hose job. We've got to talk a little bit here about uh, the legacy of Adrian Martinez. That news earlier today, great coverage by Hale Varsity, an outpouring of, of love, support, and thank you for uh, for 2 a.m., so we'll get into that. So, busy day. Uh, once your thoughts here, uh, plenty of time for you to jump in on the phones. Uh, reaction, reflection on Adrian, reaction, reflection on the ACC Big Ten TV Teddy Challenge. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt, that's me, at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. It's where you follow him. Email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. On the docket, Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. We'll talk Adrian. Uh, we'll talk Oscar Volleyball, some hoops, all that coming up. And in our two, Jeremiah Searles with this uh, standout Husker and NFLer. His takeaway on, on Adrian and the coaching search and the O-line situation. And then some Big Ten buffet with Rick Pizzo. Big Ten Network. Uh, what's he make a big red basketball to this point? Weekend thoughts, uh, Burke's best bets, Danny Burke coming up at 540. So we can get into it. Uh, We can spin the wheel and start a lot of different places. Let's get into basketball for two seconds. So I'm out last night, meet the lovely wife, meet Coach Brett, and we're watching. And where I'm watching has a really good TV setup, but it's, it's it's more of a restaurant than a bar. So there's no sound. And I think that was a gift from the good Lord because apparently the play-by-play was horrific. Oh, and the, the play-by-play wasn't terrible. It was the color commentary that was really horrific. Okay. So the, the color commentary <laughs> was, was awful. and The play-by-play wasn't great, though. Is, and they're not on site. Like, the only guy that can pull that off is Bill Dolan in this world. Le- legit, right? Oh, uh, we're in Sweden today? Wonderful. Uh, you know? So that's, that's difficult. But... You had, brother, you almost nailed it last night. Elijah Herbal, despite all the cat calls and drug test requests, you said Nebraska by double digits, and they were well on their way. They got down nine, but I'll say this, and I thought Verge was composed. I thought Verge was mature. I thought Verge was a difference maker. You see why he's here. Uh, I, I thought 
McGowan's looked incredible around the rim from time to time. I saw a lot of good things and, and were like moral victoried so close, almost, almost. We're so over that because of football. The, the last thing you need to do is get kicked below the belt in basketball. But you've seen this basketball team survive against a lot of non-Power 5 teams so far this year. And that's what they've done. They've survived, and they've also lost. But what you saw last night was a team on a stage uh, that, that had a chance to kind of show themselves to you, the Nebraska basketball fan. You know, what are they right now seven games in? How much better are they against a, a, a good opponent in a big league, a team that was knocking on the NCAA door last year, ended up in the NIT, and I know it was a, kind of an undermanned NC State team compared to what they usually are in the paint. But, I mean, Derek Walker was money. Kisei had some, some good shots. He also took some shots that, uh, I'm not going to lie, I screamed at the TV, and I screamed at the TV because they didn't go in. And quite honestly, I think Nebraska, I think they had about three guys playing defense last night. Legit. Like, there was too many drives to the rim and finishes. Um, well, Sebron, that guy, Sebron's, he, he was incredible. Money. He was incredible with his ability. The thing is, is he shot all those free throws, and I, most of those foul calls I was not mad about. Most of those foul calls I looked at and went, yeah, he did a great Here's job drawing that foul. It was down on the other end where I had some issues. If you're going to call contact, mm-hmm. if you're going to call fouls like that, you got to call them both ends. And there's three instances that you're, you're incensed about still. Uh, it's Verge to the rack at the end of regulation where Verge is probably still icing his his left wrist. <laughs> I mean, all of Twitter blew up on that, national and local. Uh, and, yeah, it, it, it sucked. You got to get – you when it's that egregious, it's not a 50-50 call. He was fouled, and it affected his finish. He didn't short arm it. He didn't try and Hollywood a call. No, he got hammered. The Breidenbach call, where you get overruled on a jump ball that's, that, that, that fouls out the beard. Brutal. And it didn't end up costing Nebraska because I think NC State missed the shot. But Derek Walker saving the ball and playing dodgeball to get Nebraska possession was horrific. Latman lost it. He was scary on the sideline. He was pissed that... Again, Nebraska's defensive rotation and help wasn't there. He bumped into the wrong NC State guy, and the rest of that bench took off. And then we saw Trey rolling in like the cavalry, which was which was pretty good. One hundred four, one hundred four overtimes. It sucked. Nebraska coulda, shoulda, woulda. But I saw some okay things, Elijah, in last night, and I saw a team that that shared the ball. They lost their legs. They lost their defensive intensity. Most of the night, even if you go into to overtime one, they rebounded well enough. They weren't getting destroyed on the glass, and the, the plus-minus wasn't horrible on the offensive rebound. They got killed overtime three, two, three, and four. Yeah, and watching that game, I, I don't think you can be mad. I think you can be disappointed. Not disappointed in this Husker team, disappointed in the ref show. The refs decided to come out and take over that game. They made it on them. How many reviews happened that, that took way too long? Teddy Valentine, TV Teddy, I mean, he's, he's notorious. And, and he's, listen, he is, he is the reason people line up and hammer referees. Mm-hmm. He is incompetent. He is, he is about being part of the action versus calling the action. 
and it's, you know, ban TV Teddy. You saw the hashtag, and it needs to happen. There's a reason he's doing Nebraska-NC State on the uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge at, at 6 o'clock on a Wednesday. He's garbage. Well, he's it, always been garbage. I sent you a link to some of TV's greatest hits where he's trying to pick a fight with Mick Cronin. He's teeing up and tossing Bobby Knight. He is a thin-skinned hatchet show when it comes to consistency and when it comes to getting caught up in the emotion and when it comes to just doing his job accurately. He is brutal. He's always been brutal, and he shouldn't be refing. And Nebraska didn't lose the game because of TV Teddy. Nebraska was up 14. And then NC State went on a run after an emotional charge and three Husker players got launched. Nebraska didn't hit a free throw at the end of the second overtime. Nebraska didn't get enough stops defensively. They didn't stop the, 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 the drive to the rim. So Nebraska lost this game on their own, but the jackass that somehow continues to keep his job as a referee didn't help him. And when you look at the free throw disparity, if you're going to call contact, call contact. The other part of that is Nebraska needs, they got two or three guys that are really talented that need to be tougher defensively and not flop around offensively. Because I saw that too last night. We we, got to get to Adrian here, but the last point I'll make on this is there's a reason that Teddy Valentine was not rehired by the Big Ten a couple years ago. He worked the Big Ten for years, and the Big Ten said, nope, it's time for you to go. We don't want you anymore. And frankly, I would be happy if I never saw him refing a Nebraska basketball game ever again. He's just incompetent. I've never watched him ref a Nebraska basketball game and been happy with his performance. Not once. No, and part of that, too, I mean, consider the team. I mean, it's not like Nebraska's had vintage years of, of, of great NCAA tournament squads. I mean, you've, you've got a couple of teams, one that went, one that could have went, and you've got a, a, a group that's single-digit wins in the Big Ten. So Nebraska's not a, a perfect team. They were good enough to win last night. And they hindered themselves in the officiating discrepancy. And yes, it is home floor advantage, but it can't be that way. It can't be 43 attempts to 15. Nebraska drove the ball enough to, to get some whistles if that's how you're going to call the game. And they didn't. On to Adrian. Uh, fare thee well, Adrian Martinez into the transfer portal. Not shocked. I thought maybe he may give it another shot here just because of the shoulder injury. He needs a fresh start. Nebraska, wherever they go offensively, needs a fresh start. And the the legacy of Adrian Martinez is about how you go do your work, how you about go do your business. And and he was so stand-up, and he was talented. So I want your Adrian moment. What's the the Adrian play and then what's the Adrian game, right? Good, good or bad? And that's it. He's polarizing because you see talent, you see highlights, and you see mistakes, and it's all rolled into one. And are you going to find if, – if, we'll never know what could have been because it just never matched up, Elijah, with a, a long period of elite talent with his experience – and then just the wins. Just never, ever, ever matched up. He's a lovable guy because of, of how he performed, how stoic and mature he was, on top of making some great plays. And he's also maddening because at times he tried to do too much, and there were the turnovers. I'll go first. 
my game is is maybe it's too recent for me, but the Wisconsin game, how he kept answering the bell against that defense when when they didn't run the ball great, but he with his arm jacked as it was had Nebraska in position against Wisconsin to, to go pull off a win in Camp Randall. His last game and that moment coming off the field with Brody Belt. And the play is what introduced him to us in college football with his 50-yard run and somersault into the end zone against Colorado. Really a couple of plays because that was such a, wow, this is going to be a great four years. Didn't you feel it mm-hmm. as a Nebraska fan against I, I the Buffs? Cranach tweeted uh, after that game, he said, when Oklahoma comes to town, it's going to be Heisman contender Adrian Martinez going up against probable number one team Oklahoma. And that's what it felt like at the time. After mm-hmm. after his freshman year, you thought this guy's got all the talent in the world and he's the promised one. He didn't have the supporting cast per se and – and because of that, it led to some tough decision-making on his part. And I, I think of the, the, the dime he dropped to J.D. Spielman on like a sideline go-route. Incredible. You want to talk like the, the wow dual threat Nebraska's been wanting where a guy can take off, turn the corner, go 50, and then has enough touch to find Spielman on the sideline against the Buffs. It was awesome, but it never meshed. It just never meshed. It wasn't to be. And from a supporting cast, his best chance to win was that first year. A little better this year. But it was it was a guy who played his ass off uh, while he was bandaged. You can't ever question his toughness. You can question some of his decision-making. And you can absolutely question his supporting cast. The, 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 the defining moment to me of Adrian Martinez's career, like the one, the one thing that's probably going to stand out in my memory is I go back to that home game against Iowa back in 2019 whenever they drove down the field and kicked the field goal at the end and you had the Duncan, the kicker, uh, standing in front of the Husker sideline. But the defining moment was earlier in that game when Adrian Martinez absolutely trucked a Hawkeye to get into the end zone and stands up and does the Conor McGregor walk. It's, <laughs> it's been turned into a gift. That's like the, the moment. The, moment. That, that's the vision of Adrian Martinez will have. But the, the game that I think fully represents his career at Nebraska is that Michigan game earlier this year where he did everything he needed to to keep you in the game. And then at, in the biggest, most crucial moment, he – tried to do too much, and he even said it after the game. The, the press conference quote is what I think will define Adrian Martinez's career, and that's, uh, I was trying to do too much. I need to be smarter in that moment. I was, try, I was trying to fight for extra the, yardage. The turnover. And it, it's the turnover, trying to do too much in the crucial moment. Adrian Martinez would consistently do what needed to be done to keep you in a game and put you in a chance, give you a chance to win the game, but then when it actually came to winning time, uh, he'd try to do too much. He'd make a, a mistake at a, at a key time, and, and that's what Adrian Martinez will be known for, where if he had better talent around him, would he be winning more games? Probably, but uh, I just don't think he, he ever had it in those big moments to be able to, uh, whenever the, the lights are brightest, be able to push down that, that inner nervousness trying to do too much trying to force things in there that that was what adrian could never quite overcome during his career at nebraska and that's what i'll always remember i think if he had had a like a a line in a running game where you can't you, you sprinkle in some of him running versus dude you're it you gotta run the football and i think at, at times in his career you you really gotta ask him ask yourself you know was he a willing runner he never chicken out but did he fight for the extra yard? And sometimes no, and that's because he's probably beat to hell. He's he's playing hurt. But him hurt was a lot of times your best option. Do we have time to squeeze this in? Let's go to the phones. Who's with us? Cole with us. Cole, go ahead. Thanks for calling. 
You bet. I'm going to say my best Adrian Martinez game is, or at least the quintessential Martinez game is last year Rutgers. The guy was a warrior. I mean, he was limping around, carried the ball like 25 times. We moved it up and down the field, and that he also had four turnovers. Yep, that's a good and one. That, that's a, that's a definitional game. It is, Cole. I mean, absolutely. It's, that's a good answer. It's what you think about. You had the first half where you're reaching for Jack Daniels, and second half you're reaching for Jack Daniels, but for a different reason. <laughs> so it was all right. Cole, thanks for listening. Appreciate your input. We'll, we'll get some thoughts from Vogel on this as well. Brandon Vogel going to be with us here, managing editor Hale Varsity. But uh, a uh, thank you and a fond farewell to Adrian. Where could he end up? And uh, are you all right with him moving on as a Nebraska fan? Some of you are screaming yes. Some of you are like, well, how's the quarterback spot going to look next year? Brandon Vogel next on Hale Varsity. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Well, a member of the all-name team and recipient of the last Hail Mary in Memorial Stadium has resigned. Brandon Vogel with us. Vogue's, uh, Bronco Mendenhall, can he coach O line? <laughs> I tell you what, uh, you look at Virginia, uh, you look at what BYU has done recently, despite losing an offensive coordinator, went down to Baylor. Baylor's playing for a conference championship this week. Uh, they know a thing or two about offense uh, in, that, in that BYU kind of continuum there. So, uh, we know that there, there's been some some rumored links, at least, between Virginia uh, special teams coach and, and Nebraska. It might take a little bit longer look at some of that offensive staff, given this latest news. Good work. Brandon Vogel, managing editor with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Vogel's a whole lot to get to. We'll, we'll get into some hoops, as I've had my rant on Teddy Valentine. Not uh, the reason, but... Not a helpful part of, of last night in, in Raleigh. I want to go to Adrian Martinez. How are you betting before today? Departure or return? And what is what is your Adrian moment in game? Um, I was betting departure, but it was only as a, as a slight favorite. I think, you know, even coming out of that Iowa game, uh, in at least the immediate days after, I think there was a little bit of a wait-and-see approach there. Um, but with wasn't surprised that this was the the ultimate decision. I mean, you can you look at it from from both sides of it, and you know, for him, I'm excited for him to go and get an opportunity at a different place and to see what 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 just what that does for him. And I think for Nebraska, you know, given the state that they're in and, and the stakes for year two you'd really love to have that experience and the known quantity 
that an Adrian Martinez returning would offer. But uh, it would be pretty tough to go through all five years and just have one quarterback. You know, you just there'd be so many unanswered questions unless the results drastically changed. Um, you know, the moment for me, and, and there were a couple of good ones this year where you can just learning what he went through, but it's still tough to top. And, you know, this was a game I covered in person that freshman year against Ohio State. Um, just seemed pretty fearless. And, you know, it, I don't want that to immediately come across as kind of a, a negative that, oh, the moment for him was in his first year. Um, but I mean, it was it was an extraordinary game from him and against an extraordinary opponent. And just some of the moments I was able to witness as he was coming off that field, probably the biggest stage outside of Lincoln that he'd been on at that point, that will always stick with me. It's going to be fascinating to see him recover and and go win a job somewhere else. And folks, think what he could be. And, I, and I'm not saying that Nebraska held him back at all, but think of, for lack of a better term, the supporting cast he could go into. Have we, have we seen how great he can be? And I don't want to go, you know, Isaiah Roby here. <laughs> but, I mean, that that is intriguing to me, and it just sucks for Nebraska and for Adrian and for everybody that it, it's 10 games or more below 500 as a, as, a, as a career starter because his ability and playmaking, it, it, should, tra- it, it should have been more. It should, should have translated more. Yeah, it absolutely should have, and that it, it, it does feel pretty, um, you know, maybe sad's the right word to kind of look back on it, and it's not sadness through anything he did, of course. Um, it's just like it should have been more is, is really an elegant way to put that, I would say, um, because and then it's, it's that way with so many pieces of Nebraska when you kind of pluck them out of the basket and hold them up for individual inspection. It all seems to you like it should add up to more, and it just hasn't yet. So Nebraska, you know, through – it didn't get to make the choice here. Adrian Martinez is going to have to go a different direction and do something different. And you've got returning players. I expect them to be active in the portal. Um, There's there's a lot of quarterbacks there, and you you look at a couple of these of, you know – people just kind of find the right place. Um, it can be great for those schools that take those guys in, and it can be great for the players, too. I mean, Jack Cohn lost his gig at Wisconsin, and here he is piloting 11-1 and Notre Dame. Uh, they'll have to sit and watch, but they're not totally out of the race yet. Brandon, I, I want you to, to think of this as if you could go on the transfer portal and leave a, a Yelp-type review for an outgoing player. Uh, if, uh, if other coaches are looking, trying to trying to get the, the gauge, you know how you go online looking for Yelp reviews of a restaurant before you go. If coaches were going to the transfer portal looking for a Yelp review of Adrian Martinez, what, what rating would you leave him on a scale of one star to five stars? Probably a four. Um, and I think really a four only on the you lose the star because just the, the turnover prone and, and a different offense, I think you can, you can get around that. And just in terms of what you have to ask him to do, you can get around that. Um, in terms of everything else, it's probably a five-star for me. Um, when you look at what the guy played through, how he carried himself from really the day that he showed up um, and everything he did for this program, both in terms on the field and the off the field, all of that's five-star. 
you got to look at the results a little bit. And even though we are the people who watched every single second of those, um, we kind of know the context. But in, in a bottom line, you just kind of like, well, the record plus a little bit turnover prone probably keeps you from, from being a full five. So maybe four and a half if that was an option. Is he uh, a 2.0 version of Archie Manning with the Saints? That's kind of how I view him. Well, remembering the, some of those Archie Manning clips from uh, the, the old football follies days where he's running for his life, uh, certainly felt that way a lot this year. Um, and, and that's the one, this year in particular, is the one that kind of sticks out the most to me. You know, you had 2019, 2020 was obviously a strange year for everyone for a lot of different reasons. But this year was... I at least, and I was totally wrong on this, like came in pretty high on, on Nebraska's potential for his offensive line. Didn't have a, a ton of uh, proven options outside of Cam Jurgens, but I felt it had good potential. And it really went about as poorly as it could have gone, I think, up front for Nebraska. And through all that, Adrian was putting up career-best numbers in terms of <clears throat> consistency. The turnovers were down this year. Um despite really playing in front of, in terms of pass blocking at least, playing in front of one of the worst offensive lines in the country when you look at it statistically. So what could that have been in his senior year? You know, Scott Frost mentioned more than once he was hoping Adrian would get his moment where, where the hero gets to ride off towards the sunset. And it just wasn't meant to be or couldn't be. Does he just go rehab and kill it somewhere in the Pac-12 next year? I think so. Uh, you know, before uh, Kalen DeBoer left for for Washington, I was eyeing that one and thinking, well, you know, they would have had a returning quarterback who would have been pretty tough to beat out. But that would have been a good fit offensively for him. And, of course, you know, you get to go home and play in your hometown. Um, but, yeah, Pat, I, mean, I, think there'll be, I think there'll be a lot of interest because not only is he have extraordinary – individual ability you know for four years we've listened to opposing big 10 coaches talk about all of the challenges he presents so you're gonna have a lot of coaches that look at that and say well i would like to present those challenges to other people (laughs) but also like the 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 big thing is just the experience um i mean there's a team out there that might just be a quarterback away you know a slight upgrade a quarterback and here's a guy who's been a four-year starter that experience, I think, is really, really invaluable for wherever he ends up. He could get paired up in the right spot and have an, a Russell Wilson-type senior year. Legit. He gets to the right team with the right defense, with the right pieces. There you go. Vogues, uh, a quick thought with uh, the coaching search, the openings. Uh, are you in panic mode at all, or are you just kind of putting your feet up and letting it all fall out? <laughs> Uh, we're edging the needle is edging towards a little bit of panic mode. Not quite there yet, but I was, you know, I think the optimal timeline would have been, and we've still got some hour to go, so we'll see. Um, but you get to the end of this week and you, you're able to announce at least a couple, uh, hopefully you could have all of them in, but some of that may not entirely be Nebraska's, um, fault so to speak or even any of its own doing uh it's just been a bizarre carousel year um you know Mendenhall the latest one Steve Adazio goes out and I mean 
no matter where you're looking, like this, this all has a trickle down effect of okay, who suddenly who who was kind of on the table for Nebraska, who now might be a head coach at some job that just came open. You know, and that's not a specific example, but these things just they happen that way. So. I guess Nebraska's saving grace here might be that this recruiting class is always going to be small, but the transfer portal has, you know, we expected it to kick off like never before, and it has. Uh, you got to be quick on those guys, and it's tough when you don't have your full staff in place. Brandon, before we get you out of here, we got about 90 seconds left. I need to get your take on Husker Volleyball's draw in the NCAA tournament. What does their path to the Final Four look like this year? Yeah, it's, they'll have to earn it, um, which I think is is probably about the right spot for for this Nebraska team. Um, clearly, clearly a very good team. They belong in in the top group in the country, but they're not one uh, compared to past Nebraska school uh, teams. They're not, you know, one of those locked in top three or four. So. If you don't get that, you're going to end up some tough draws along the way. You know, Kentucky, if that's if those seeds hold and Nebraska makes it through this first weekend, I think that's a winnable match for for Nebraska. It won't be easy, um, but I think that's one where it's okay. Getting tex- Texas into your half of the bracket is is really hard. I think the Longhorns, even though they weren't the top seed, would probably be my pick to take the whole thing. Brandon Vogel, managing editor, HailVarsity.com and magazine at Brandon L. Vogel. On Twitter is uh, where you follow him. Get his book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. And Vogues, I know our, our Herdad family, uh, it's kind of been the spot for, for Adrian with his podcast. Anything that is going to be up and re- released, or is that kind of still a TBA? Yeah, still TBA as far as I know. Um, we let the Herdad media team handle all of that so i know there were there were plans in the works for you know to keep this going but obviously that was that was a a, a different lifetime ago that was uh adrian martinez is still nebraska's nebraska's quarterback so we'll see it would be nice to uh to have him in that format well his show was good stuff and awesome to to have him uh, part of the the the, the bigger herdad family and of course hail varsity part of that as well vogues enjoy We'll uh, we'll uh, get caught up Saturday morning for a little college football championship weekend. All right. Sounds good. Thank all you. Right. There he is, Brandon Vogel, with us from Hale Varsity. More calls, more thoughts from you on Adrian, his legacy, that moment, and uh, the game. We uh, we want your Adrian thoughts. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for your time on a Thursday. It's Hail Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Searles coming up. Jeremiah Searles a little bit after five. Rick Pizzo on Husker Hoops and the literal hammer job at NC State. 
Pete uh, has chimed in uh, from time to time on Adrian. Uh, Vogues has weighed in on Adrian, his Adrian game. Elijah has had his game and moment for Adrian. My moment for Adrian's the the opening touchdown career, first touchdown of his career is against the Buffs, that, that sweet run around the edge when he juked a, a linebacker and went 50 yards. Great game against the Buffs. Nebraska didn't win. And then the the game myself, it's recency, but I think the the way he came back against uh, Wisconsin always had an answer against this Badgers defense with a jacked shoulder. That's my Adrian game. Paul is with us here on Hale Varsity. He wants to chime in. Paul, go ahead. Thanks for calling in. Good afternoon, guys. Uh, I first love Adrian. I wish him only the best. Sincerely, uh, the kid, he, it was just star-crossed love here. Um, questions for you. I've got a few of them. First, Spencer Rattler, do you think he would fit our program, would fit our uh, ethics around here as far as our uh, well, just the Nebraska way? Well, that's the rumor today, isn't it? Spencer Rattler's dad's kicking the tires. The new offensive coordinator, Steve Spurrier, I, I joke. <laughs> the, the talent is there. Now, is the attitude different? That's the question, the big question. Well, he's, he's had to transfer. He's, he's been benched. He's been humbled. And he wasn't a complete bleep show on the sideline and even had to go in at different points in relief of Williams later yeah. in the year for Oklahoma. I, you don't say no to anything, but has he changed or not? And, and I think, quite honestly, I would have been surprised had there been two fewer than seven code reds handed out by the Oklahoma offensive lineman on Spencer because his ego and bravado is just too much. It was more me versus we. Maybe he's changed. Uh, Nebraska can't be uh, uh, beggars or choosers here at, at, the, at the portal at quarterback. I think you explore all options, but you really got to believe that, that he's different. Talent's there. Can he hold up in the Big Ten if they're going to run the quarterbacks? The other question. Well, and my question is, is, can he hold up behind what Nebraska has shown at offensive line? But I do think of any of the coaches in college football that have a personality that could jive and work well with Spencer Rattler, I think it's Scott Frost. Totally agree. I, I think totally they're, agree. they're two peas in a pod there. Okay, next uh, point in their thought or whatever. The offensive coordinator, I don't mind waiting until Monday. I don't think we need him tomorrow. Because the guy we're going to get might be busy on Saturday. That's the hope. If you're a Nebraska fan, you're getting somebody that that can work with Scott and Scott can work with, and most importantly, has got a just an incredible offensive line coach uh, that's coming with him. That's my biggest want and care because the offense worked right. It worked at times last year. It was turnovers and, and O line play. And, and quarterback play that, that screwed things up, honestly. So just make sure you bring a great offensive line coach with you that can develop and uh, ensure up those issues because that's how you're going to win in the Big Ten. Do you think our uh, recruits that haven't seen the field yet are going to uh, be able to make the line better next year? Well, they, they've got to get an opportunity to drill, right? They've got to get an opportunity to be physical and practice without getting injured. Uh, yeah, I, I think they have – I think they have a, a lot of talented offensive linemen. What's the former off, what was the former offensive line coach allowed to do to get his guys ready versus what the coach wanted to call? I think that was your, your disconnect. And then to the end, I just like, man, please, Nebraska. <laughs> we, 
we we've we've atoned for our smugness and and our 90 attitude please get back to our glory now keep waiting there's gonna be baby steps paul thanks for the phone call buddy paul, b- thanks guys b- before we get you out can i ask you one last question Yes, I was the guy that predicted Nebraska was going to win the Big Ten West back in August. <laughs> Can we let it go? Paul, oh, hey, I, that tape has been burned. Don't worry about it. Take care. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Appreciate but one it. Question. You have a question? Yeah, yeah. I, I want to I ask you, Can if you're going to leave Adrian Martinez a Yelp review in the transfer portal, what are you leaving at one to five stars? When to what? If you're leaving him a Yelp review, a, a one to five star review in the transfer Absolutely portal for five. other coaches. You're leaving him a five star? Absolutely. He's a five-star kid. Now, as far as his performance on the field, three, maybe four. Mm, that's fair. Paul, appreciate it, bud. Take care, guys. Four six six three seven seven six. The uh, I love Elijah it. Herbal Yelp review on Adrian Martinez. Here's how I look at it. We've, we've experienced this. You go to the dive bar that's got incredible pricing and the best burgers or chicken wings. So you put up with, oh, God, there's a seven-pound rat in the corner, but the food's awesome. The other side of it is, ah, the ambiance is good. Bartender's incredible. I'm paying, you know, twelve fifty for a vodka, but it tastes great. And then you get to the entree, and it's a higher-end pinky-in-the-air joint, and they just hammer you for something you could make at home. The ambiance is cool. Ooh, I got to go to this restaurant, but it's way overrated. I'm in the middle. I think from a turnover and just like as much as I think of him playing with a busted jaw and escaping uh, death against Michigan State, I think of four picks against Purdue. So I'm right there about at a three and a half. But what, what, what skews that is the supporting cast. You give Adrian with three years at the end of 2018, he's at 9-3 and three every year. Who do we got? We got Bruce on the line. Bruce, thanks for calling, bud. Go ahead. Brother Schmitty, haven't talked to you for a couple months, my man. Hey, what do you know? Well, the same stuff, you know. <laughs> Typical. Miss the old Yorktown days, that's for sure. Oh, I got a call from a neighbor that said, hey, is this your time capsule? I was like, no, no time capsule. Uh, we're we talking about, uh, yeah, we're talking about uh, the old neighborhood in Williamsburg yes. that had a time capsule kind of reveal, and there was a Rockies cap in there, and if it wasn't a burnt Rockies cap, it wasn't my brother's. So, <laughs> But uh, we're doing Yelp review here on Adrian. What do you say? Well, I'll tell you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss him. I think that he is gonna do uh, probably better at where he goes, you know. And I hope the best for him. But I do have a strange question, and this is about offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. For some reason, and only because I'm not the head coach of Husker football, but Tyler Roll from North Dakota State has that name been thrown around at all? You can hear you, you hear it, but you hear it from kind of deep in the football corners. It's not like a corn or the Army OC or Chad Morris or, you know, God forbid, Herman. I mean, it's not the name you hear, but it, it wouldn't be a bad name because North Dakota State's been incredible. Now can the guy jump potentially from great level of football but different level of football in the Big Ten? I, I don't have anything wrong with it. I mean, you go with North Dakota State, you're going to win. Yes. But can you win at the level you need to win at in the Big Ten is the question. 
Well, and I think, and see, this is what I, this is my argument for him, is only because of what he's done there, uh, besides being a player, but the championships, this man's, you know, led ends to. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, they play a similar style of football. You know, they're a little bit more option, but still, I mean, the guy is incredible, you know, especially with the running back, you know, yeah. with the running backs. And I just love it. Well, Bruce, appreciate the call. We're up against it. Call anytime. Yep. Good to hear your voice again, bud. You bet, brother. Bye. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. So, one final time, I just talked to my brother during break. So, Bruce, Bruce has been listening for like forever. God love him for Colin. We're still taking your calls here. Your Adrian moment, your Adrian game. In your Adrian Yelp review, get that phone call into Elijah Herbal. We'll put you on. So there's this time capsule going on in South Lincoln. Okay, maybe you saw it in the in the news. And somebody buried a bunch of stuff. And my brother just checked in. He's like, "Yeah, my you know mom and I." My brother's talking about those two going to to check out this time. I didn't know it was my old house. Like where they buried this time capsule was on the edge of our old patio. Like. Four owners ago, so I, I thought it was just the 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 circle we were in, you know, Yorktown Court. It's where where we moved to when I started high school. Dad bought the house, sweet deck, and then backyard, and then towards the edge of the patio underneath, it's where someone at some point post us buried some time capsule. No, no bodies under the patio, correct? <laughs> That's a crawl space. <laughs> <laughs> it's a crawl space. Come on. <laughs> no, it's just nuts. I'm like, so I was talking. He's like, yeah, this time capsule. You know where the poker table was? I'm like, I sure do. And right behind, the, there's kind of like an, an octagon little jetting out, if you think of a walkout basement, mm-hmm. right before the, the, the door that sends you out underneath the deck. And yeah, time capsule there. And old Mike Figueroa, I was a neighbor, still, you know, lives over there and reached out. He's like, hey, because he's, you know, he's like, yeah, is this yours? I'm like, no, man. Oh, no, there's probably some some things buried back there, but not a time capsule. So it's just funny, just funny to hear that. Now, this is completely just off topic and random, but did you hear what they're doing? I think it's at Michigan State where they have had uh, seeds like plants in kind of seeds they're like they were common weeds and other types of plants from back then not weed weed but weeds and other flowers and stuff and they've been keeping them locked in a time capsule at michigan state and then every 10 years they'll bring out a couple of seeds and try to plant them and see which seeds will still grow and 100 years later they still have seeds sprouting that have just been sitting dormant for 100 years you want to kill it in the portal or the the recruiting game you have about seven pounds of purple haze growing (laughs) (laughs) 
You're locking up all the kids from California. <laughs> how does Mel do it? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you how Mel does it. There's a greenhouse, and everyone's got a green thumb because they're sparty. I kid. So the Adrian moment, you know, if I had to, to, to balance the, the good and the bad, that Rutgers game is kind of perfect where two picks, two fumbles, and then you explode for 28 points. And that, that's a game He's so dynamic with being able to go on the run, extend the play, and then find somebody. What, what makes me think of the, Wisconsin, the, the 2021 Wisconsin game is it's, I think it was third and 1,000. And what's he do? He rolls to his right. There's 30 linebackers breathing down his neck. And it was right before that stupid holding call that pushed you back from first and 10 at the 11. It was him finding Austin Allen on the sideline for a monster gain, staring down the rush and making a nice touch pass. We'll get Searle's take. You can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com your Yelp review as Adrian has moved on. Hour two coming up. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, hour two. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, our favorite sideline man uh, with the Nebraska Network and longtime Husker standout NFLer Jeremiah Searles back with us at Searles71 underscore HSKR. Searles, it's been a while. It feels like uh, years since Black Friday. Thanks for jumping on, man. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing well. I'm here in Colorado now, visiting my folks here before the craziness of the holidays, everything kicks in there. So, Made the road trip out here with two kiddos last night. Don't highly, really don't recommend that, but we made it, made it solo. So uh, I'm good and I'm alive. Did you bring the pups with you at all or just the kids? Absolutely not. No. There's not enough room. There's, my kids have bigger suitcases than I do. Well, that, that's just what you do. You spoil them, man. That's, that's how it works. I don't even want to get into Junior's travel itinerary uh, <laughs> and, and his world tour. But big news today, Jeremiah, you've uh, been around Adrian as a, as a former player and also part of the network, and uh, you've uh, also uh, experienced, you know, through your career, what it's like to be a teammate with a multi-year starter. Adrian's hitting the portal. I don't think we're all shocked by it. There's part of me that thought maybe he'd be back just because, you know, of his shoulder injury. But, you know, what's the lasting image, legacy, kind of put uh, the exclamation point on the Adrian Martinez era for me? You know, for me, you look at what he did and what he accomplished and – whether you hate him or whether you loved him, he set Nebraska on fire. 
He really did. He was the focal point of this entire Scott Frost, Adrian Martinez entangled web that they wove together of taking this thing from where it was when they got here to where it was left. And, I mean, for him to be the all-time offensive leader, it's not an easy thing to do, especially in the Big Ten, facing the defenses that he faced week in and week out. And especially when you look around at the cast of characters that he had for two of his four years. His first year, he had NFL talent around him. Really, years two and three, I don't think he had much NFL talent around him. And then you hit year four here where he has a lot of talent around him. And you could see him blossom. You could see him put a Superman cape on when he needed to. And I thought he matured a lot this year. I thought that he really grew up this year, and uh, I'm sad to see him go, but I do hope he can go somewhere where he can have some fun with some football for his senior year, uh, his super senior year, start calling him Van Wilder like I did Ben Stilley, <laughs> and go somewhere and just enjoy it. I'm assuming he'll head west, head west coast, head back close to home, San Jose, Fresno State, Washington, somewhere up there, and, and just go somewhere that he feels like he can get a fresh start. Searles, if the transfer portal allowed Yelp-type reviews where you can leave a, a review of a player, an outgoing player, between one star and five stars, how do you rate Adrian Martinez's career at Nebraska? That's a great question. No, I'm going to put a three-and-a-half star on there. Fantastic man, incredible athlete, decent closer. So are you torn? Is there a tug-of-war going on with the win-loss total and then the miraculous individual effort? Because bottom line is you want to close in the fourth, and, mm-hmm. and that didn't always happen, but there's 10 other guys. So how do you balance that scale? It's hard. It, it's tough because so much of you look at the great teams, even in college and in the NFL, there gets two minutes on their clock, and you just know that they're going to win because of who's slinging the ball back there. When I mean, you think Aaron Rodgers, you think Tom Brady, I mean, you think Johnny Manziel, uh, Tim Tebow in college, right? You think these guys that were closers at the end of the game. And Adrian, and I say it all the time, would we even be in the situation that we were in at the end of the game if it wasn't for Adrian? The answer is usually no with a chance to go win it. But he just never really was able to go out there and win it. And I hate saying that for him and the kid, but that was the reality of the business is when nut-cutting time was coming there in the fourth quarter, it was a fumble, it was an interception, it was uh, taking a sack. I mean, and again, that's not all on him, but at the same time, it kind of is. And so that's kind of, for me, the, the black mark on his resume, if you look at him, is he doesn't have a signature drive down the field, win the game against the big-time opponent in four years, really. Was, was he asked to do too much, or is that part of the selling point when you go cross-country and get him away from Tennessee? I mean, I, I think everything was pretty upfront, open, and honest with Coach uh, Frost and, and, and Super Mario. And, hey, bro, you're going to be our cornerstone quarterback. Come to Nebraska. Let's kick this thing off. But he, if it, if, if it was going to get done, he had to get it done. And it was, it was uh, you know, it was, it was uh, think of your, your show Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> Where uh, you've got the entire army, uh, the Battle of the Bastards. <laughs> you've got Stark mm-hmm. standing, standing there against there the, with a sword. Yeah, against a whole army. That's what it felt and looked like a lot of times. Uh, yeah, and I think that's kind of the, the point I was trying to allude to there at the beginning when I was saying that the, the middle years of his career, I felt like mm-hmm. that was really him. I mean, and it was so apparent when he got injured, right? I mean, when he got injured, it was almost like we went into games just hoping it wasn't going to be a bloodbath because of who we had. I mean, no offense to Noah Vedral or Andrew Bunch or, I mean, whatever other cast of characters you wanted to throw back there at quarterback, but they just weren't as good as Adrian was. Now, that being said, when it got down to the end of games, 
I felt like he regressed a little bit back to kind of just a guy. And that's the, that, that's the mark that I think a lot of Nebraska fans are happy to see him go. But I will say this, it's a classic grass is not always greener on the other side. Granted, we were three and nine, but with how close we were, you lose a focal point of the, the offense like a quarterback. It could be a big step back for this offense next year. Even though this offense wasn't amazing, they still put move ball up and down the field. They scored some points. I mean, this could be a step back for the offense when you talk about a full quarterback change, full developmental change at that position. So, I don't know if Husker Nation is happy to see Adrian Martinez go, but I think they are ready to see uh, what another quarterback leading the offense could look like. And, and that's what I want to get into here is we saw Logan Smothers leading the offense against Iowa last weekend. I can't believe that was only a week ago now. Uh, but we, we got to see the, the Logan Smothers experience for one game. We also are going to assume that Scott Frost is going to bring in a, a transfer quarterback. We don't know yet, but you got to assume that there's going to be some competition brought in. Uh, what, what do you make of the prospects at quarterback going into next football season? Yeah, so I mean, a lot of people were really excited about what Logan did, and rightfully, rightfully so, but I watched that game going, okay, Logan carried the ball, I believe it was 18 or 19 times that game. Well, that's a good way to get your quarterback killed in the Big Ten. That's just not a sustainable method for us to use Logan Smothers. Now, the last game of the year against Iowa, sure, absolutely. But looking at what he can do and his, his skill set, you really see the development that he needs to continue to progress with as a passer. You really see he needs to go there. You see the speed. You see the natural ability with his legs. That's great. But in order to progress to being the Nebraska starting quarterback, he needs to come a long way in his ability to throw the football, his ability to read defenses, his ability to make snap decisions with the ball too. And a lot of that is a very small sample size from what I've seen or from what I saw, right, what we all saw, Michigan State, Fordham, Buffalo, and Iowa. I mean, it's a small sample size, but he still has a lot to prove, in my opinion, if he's going to be QB1 next year. And that's why I really do think you're right. Scott's going to bring in a guy for competition. And I hope Logan's the type of kid that doesn't take that as a slight. I hope Logan's the type of kid that stands up and goes, all right, sure thing, MFR, let's go. Like, let's push each other. Let's ride. Let's, let's get better. And that's kind of the fear when you bring in a transfer guy is do you lose those young guys? And I don't know Logan very well, but I sure hope he's the kind of kid that stands up to the challenge instead of maybe hitting the eject button and going to transfer portal like Luke McCaffrey did. He, he seems, uh, I don't know him well at all, but just kind of gauging his family and you know coach's kid, to me, I would, I would side on, on more of a competitor. Uh, and that's let's let's good. go win the job versus let's take our ball and go home. But time will tell with that. A few minutes left here. Jeremiah Searles with us. Hail Varsity Radio. Uh, reaction to Adrian Martinez heading to the transfer portal. So Searles, uh, level of concern. Uh, we can number it 1 through 10 right now with Nebraska and their coaching openings. Uh, offensive line is so, so important. Uh, and we, we don't know where the process is at in getting a new O-line coach. We've heard names, but we don't have anything official. Of course, uh, you're trying to figure out uh, the wide receiver spot, OC. Uh, do you go special teams with Bush? I mean, there's there's 100 questions floating around. While you're recruiting, while you're portaling, you're also interviewing. Uh, where are you at right now? How do you feel about where Nebraska could go O-line-wise? We, we know where you're at with Greg Austin, and and uh, Nebraska's got to find a way to, to really up the, uh, the development of what they've got on the O-line here coming in in 2022. Yeah, I mean, I still think it's the most important hire of all the, st- the coaching staff that's needed. 
I mean, you talk about a room that's full of young developmental talent, and you can point to Greg Austin and say, well, look what he wasn't able to do this year. It's like, man, he's got two first-time starting guys on one side of the ball. He had a true freshman starting at left tackle. He had a redshirt freshman starting at right tackle. Like, Matt Schichterman was a first-time starter. Like, his only dude was Cam Jurgens. Like, that's a tough road for any offensive line coach to haul. I mean, I don't care if you're the best or you're, you're the worst. That's a really tough thing to get. And so you need to find an offensive line coach that's proven developer proven to take young guys look at his track record look at some of the guys maybe he's put in the nfl from freshman starter to senior stud to nfl draft pick udfa whatever career in the nfl and so that's the kind of person i'm hoping to look for when they draft or when they do sign the offensive line coach but again it then now comes what comes first right the chicken or the egg do you hire the oc who then brings in their own line coach or is that a separate hire and so those are all things that frost is going through right now and and he's trying to figure all that out, and I don't envy him in the slightest because that has to be a lot of stress. Knowing you're you're laying eight you're laying eight and a half million dollars down on these hires. Are are you concerned right now that nothing's been announced, or is it just part of the fallout here from the carousel that's been super wild this week? Do you worry about Nebraska being able to get who they want versus having to settle? No, not really. And I think that's because I think there's there's still a lot of football being played right now. Like you're not seeing coordinators and position coach hires around the league right now, right? You're seeing head coaches coaching carousel. That's kind of to be expected. I think the OC hires, the positional coach hires, come after bowl games. They come after certain head coaches do leave. So I think the more things will start getting announced as we go here, I don't have a very high concern level for it at all right now. We've hit on Adrian Austin Allen, the tight end of the year in the Big Ten. He is off to the NFL. He's going to uh, go that route, and Austin had a great season. So is is the third uh, shoe to drop Cam Jurgens? What's your take on Cam? He's got a decision to make. Yeah, he does. He's going to have to weigh out a lot of his options. I'm sure he'll put his name to the committee and see what they say. I'm sure he'll talk with family and Coach Frost and all those guys, and it's not an easy decision, but ultimately he has to decide what's best for him and his family. And if that's going to the NFL, that's going to the NFL. If that's coming back for a year and trying to up your draft stock and up your um, where you get picked up in the NFL, that's coming back. And the good news is he's not in a huge hurry because he's not in a bowl game. He doesn't have to make this decision right away so he can gather a lot of information, but I'm not sure which way he's leaning. I think that that's a really tough position for any young man to be put in because, um, again, you're going to have a million people pulling you in a million different directions, and I just I hope that he can get good, clear, concise information that allows him to make a really good decision that's going to be best for Cam Jurgens. So, Earl, just as a former offensive lineman yourself, how much does where you get drafted as an offensive lineman matter? I mean, you know with some positions, quarterback mainly, uh, there's not a great chance you're going to see the field unless you are a high draft pick, but is it the same with offensive line? Does it matter where you go in the draft, or does it just matter that you're on a team and in the NFL? You know, I think the biggest thing for me when you're talking about draft status is if you're drafted in the first three rounds, you know you're pretty safe for a few years. Other than that, you're not safe. You're not guaranteed anything. So if you can play, you need to get in the NFL as quick as you can because the NFL has a very short shelf life. You hit you hit 30 in the NFL, you're a dinosaur. And so you want to get in the NFL as quickly as you can, make as much money as you can before you're 30, 31. And with COVID years and guys taking extra years, like you're just kind of cutting years off the back end, which so easy is to get focused on the draft and the front end. And, oh, my signing bonus. It's like, did you realize you make the most money to career on the back end, right? Like if you can get in the NFL, if it's your third-round pick or a fifth-round pick and you know you can play, get in the NFL and play. 
get there and, and just find a way to make a team year in and year out, get to that second contract a year earlier and tack a couple extra million on on the back end. And that's kind of the way I've started to see it more and more, especially the new way that the CBA is set up. And I could go, I could dive deep in a whole segment on this. But, you know, I think as an especially an offensive lineman, if you have trust and you think you can play in the NFL and you're a late-round pick, or I mean, if you're for sure a late-round pick, I think you need to go. Jeremiah Searles with us, uh, Husker sideline man, longtime NFLer, standout with the Big Red, uh, and at Searles71 underscore HSKR. Searles, you're in that world now, bud. You, uh, you are... Uh, representing uh, kids. Uh, you are a guy that's seen and done it all, and, and you're a guy that also earned a lot of years in the NFL uh, through grind and, and, and had some wonderful career moments. So guys are, I'm sure, reaching out to you and vice versa uh, around the country uh, when it comes to just the advice part and also representation because that's so key. Yeah, I mean, when you get in the NFL, man, your circle has to get small. You have to you have to really close people out. You have to make sure you have the right information coming into your ear, and you don't want to surround yourself with yes men. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to be in that. My class is starting to take a little bit of shape here. Um, we're starting to get some guys to start working on commits and start getting some guys that we're closing on. And I, I just love being back in the NFL world. Um, it, it's a way for me to get back in the NFL and, and hang out but not be a coach because I have zero desire to do that. <laughs> so all of you people stop tweeting me, telling me the O-line coach in Nebraska. Thank you. Um, and but think of all the just, gear, Searles. Oh, I mean, I had to go to J. Terry and go on my shopping spree. I know, year I know. It's, it's without the stress of sleeping in my office. So, you know, I, I'm really excited to be back in that world and, and working with college athletes, too. So, last thought here, like 20 seconds, but and I, I'll get you out. I know you're busy. Your approach has got to be pretty straightforward disarming. I mean, you're not, you're not hard selling, but, but obviously you're wanting a, you're wanting a client list. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to beg a guy to work with me. But, I mean, my, my whole idea is, hey, I've been where you want to go. I know how to get there, and I know how to stay there, and let me help you. And if that resonates with you, then that's something that you want to do, and you want to do this thing together, and you want to build a relationship based off of that foundation, then let's do it, man, all in. But I'm not going to show up in a $3,000 suit and aviators and matching jumpsuits with my buddies because that's the, what cool agents do. I'm not flashy. I just like to show up and know that you're going to work, and I'm going to work, and we're going to make this thing work together. Searles, you, you can rock a pocket square, though. We know that. <laughs> if I need to. Hey, be good. Enjoy uh, your weekend, and, and thanks for the time. Anytime, brothers. Thank you. Go Big Red. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. So we'll reconfigure uh, our lineup here. Supposed to talk with Rick Pizzo today. Uh, Mickey Joseph news is brewing. We're going to open the phone lines and hit that uh, right now, Danny Burke on the way, Burke's best bets. But uh, some news here, the World Herald reporting that the uh, Nebraska staff and uh, Coach Frost and Mickey Joseph finalizing a deal 
to join Nebraska as the wide receivers coach. And this really has been a waiting game, to be honest with you, because of, of Brian Kelly. And we, we started the, the week off talking about Mickey Joseph. We're ending the week here talking about Mickey Joseph. And quite honestly, what a get that would be for the Big Red because of, A, Mickey's familiarity, his expertise, his impact, and how good he's been as a recruiter for one of the best programs in college football. I know LSU's had a tough last couple of years, but Mickey Joseph's been just monstrous in a great way down at LSU, especially when him and Bill Bush have been together. That's another possibility for Nebraska here moving forward is you need a really good 2022. So here is here's what's kind of been up in the air. Here's why the waiting games happened. And if you're Mickey Joseph, listen, you've been on the road recruiting as as late as two nights ago. You're you're in five star and four star home star homes for LSU. You are doing your job still for LSU. Okay, and, and that's being a professional. That's being a stand up. That's being straightforward with the kids because at the time you are recruiting. For LSU, it's a defensive lineman, it's an offensive lineman, it's connecting with guys like Jamar Chase, who's not Mr. Limelight, and and Mickey can, Mickey can drill, Mickey can coach, Mickey can develop. It's not all about having an OBJ fall into your lap and not screwing him up, although that's important. It's getting the most out of guys and tapping to that zenith, and I'm excited if this moves forward to see what it kind of can transform Nebraska into. This is it. You're Mickey Joseph. You worked your way up to assistant head coach under Edo. And your salary, you are guaranteed for next year's $500,000 and also $550,000 for 2023. That's two years. That's just over a million dollars. And if you want to to come to Nebraska, and I and I and here's what I think. I think Trev and Scott... Talk to Mickey earlier in the week. Hey, we'd love to have you. Let's uh, let's do an interview. Let's chat. What's your feel? What's your take on Nebraska coming back home? Nebraska loses a number two today in Adrian Martinez. Well, they gain a number two, Mickey's old number from 1990. What do you think, Mickey? What's your what's your stability like under Brian Kelly? Do you want to work for Brian Kelly? Do you want to stay home in, in Louisiana or you want to give the, the Big Ten a shot, man? You've been a lot of spots. You cut your teeth a lot of places as a as a coordinator in special teams in high school and JUCO in law tech, then to the SEC, and man, you've proven you can do it. We'd love to have you in Lincoln. How about coaching wideouts and being recruiting coordinator? Cool. That'd be fun. There's a <laughs> there's a small thing about my fee, million dollars. You're not gonna walk away from that money. So either he needs to be blown out by LSU to collect his million. Or, Mickey Joseph needs to get paid and some compensation and some stability and some guarantees whatever happens with 2022 for Nebraska football. And that's that's part of this negotiation that's going on. Nebraska would be able to not only go kill it in the portal, but they'd be able to go find... And, and revisit a place they've been incredible at. That's Louisiana. They were incredible in Louisiana in the 80s because of Jack Pierce, who got Mickey here over Oklahoma. 
and, and Jack's story he told on our show, I don't know, a couple of times a few years back about landing that, that option, that, that this vintage option quarterback for Nebraska was great. But you have an opportunity now for Mickey as the, the recruiter for Nebraska football if this thing goes through to go, go back to Louisiana. And we've seen success. You've seen Seathan Carter. You've seen Stanley Morgan. Just a couple of names from Louisiana that under, under Bo's staff through Papuchas. Nebraska's been right, right, on their Louisiana kids, and Mickey can make that happen. Well, I mean, also think of the receiving room you have now. Think what Mickey could do with the receiving room now, Elijah. Well, now, even more recently down in Louisiana, think of Stan the Man. Uh, Stanley, it's, it's Stanley Morgan. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, good. So that I know. But uh, I really thought whenever the news broke yesterday that uh, Tommy Reese was going to be sticking around Notre Dame and Notre Dame was going to be promoting from within, mm-hmm. that that meant, well, that means good things for uh, for Mickey Joseph staying at LSU. Uh, at, at least for LSU fans, it means good things for Mickey Joseph. That will... He's not going to be bringing his offensive coordinator uh, down from Notre Dame, which means he's probably going to be needing new coaches, and he's got a good one in Mickey Joseph. So I thought this thing was dead in the water, Mickey Joseph coming to Nebraska as of last night. And uh, let's give credit where credit is due. Football Scoop first reporting mm-hmm. this one about half an hour ago and then uh, quickly followed up by the World Herald confirming. Yep, uh, Sammy McEwen doing a good job yeah. with this as well. But, I mean, it's it's important. Stanley and Seathan are two recent Louisianans. Uh, but here's what you do have in the room right now, and we talk about credibility. Well, Mickey Joseph's got a bunch of dudes, and what did he tweet out last night? You know, just culture, built different. And you're just tweeting out all the LSU receivers in the NFL. that aren't just guys, but you're talking about guys that have major roles and impacts uh, around the NFL with some high-flying talent, right? You look at Minneapolis. Uh, for sure. You look at what's going on uh, in Cincinnati with Chase. So there's this. I mean, if you're Austin, let's make that. If you're Omar Manning and Xavier Betts and Grimes and Hardy and Neville, all guys that redshirted you think can be pretty good. Uh, on top of getting the most out of Betts, who we all think is like, my God, this guy can take over a football game. Omar Manning can take over a football game. It needs to happen. It's been a it's been a weird domino day with Adrian, and now you've got potentially Mickey Joseph, and is there an offensive coordinator uh, on the way? A name that that kind of got thrown at me here a little bit ago is at Arizona State right now, and that's Zach Hill. He was the offensive coordinator for Harson at Boise. Does he go back to Auburn? Uh, where Harson's at. So there's still some things floating around, but it sounds like Mickey Joseph may soon be in with Nebraska. And this is by no means confirmation, but within the past half hour, uh, the Louisiana kid himself, Latrell Neville, uh, a New Orleans kid, has now followed Mickey Joseph on Twitter. And I know people don't want to read too far into that. However, uh, that that does mean uh, maybe this uh, this could be accurate and the Omaha World Herald usually whenever they report things mm-hmm. they do tend to be accurate so Latrell Neville a Louisiana kid himself now following Mickey Joseph on Twitter you heard it here first so <laughs> we will uh, we will do this we will effort to try and get some some more Mickey backstory for tomorrow's show uh, with the man who recruited him Jack Pierce with us uh, we'll even try and mm, Jump on the computer real quick. There's got to be a Mickey Joseph interview we did with him, if it's still in the system. Because I talked, Mickey was running his own high school program. And he was a head coach at a high school, and then he was a head coach at a JUCO. 
it, it's probably from like 500 years ago. Nothing got deleted. <clears throat> so the point of this is, no, we'll we'll work on getting if it moves forward, um, and it should. Just not if, but when, right? So that that's great news because you've been restless. You need a drink. You put up with four overtimes and bad officiating last night in basketball. You're waiting on the staff to fill out offensively for Nebraska football. And the other thing, too, is you've got now December 2nd through December 15th for Mickey Joseph to go make it rain on the recruiting trail. Go make it rain in the transfer portal. And if you've got Bill Bush and Mickey Joseph recruiting for you these next 13 days between portal connections and the high school ranks, and I know you're, you're limited with high school, there are worse things to be dealing with. That one-two punch, big time. Could be really nice for Nebraska. Immediate help, portal, and then uh, also some, some long-term high school. So other thing we've hit on is, is the fare thee well to Adrian and the Yelp rating. Got about five minutes left here before a quick timeout. Uh, Adrian is gone. He will transfer, hit the portal. Good for him. God bless. If you're giving Adrian a, a Yelp rating, what is it? And it's the dive bar with great food. That's the turnover games or the uh, five-star restaurant with the overpriced ahi tuna. That's the one game. That's the, the, those are both ways you can go. And for every... Michigan State moment or situation that's Madison and the comeback to to always answer, always, always answer like he did in his last start. I mean, that'll stick with me along with his Colorado performance. But I factor in the Purdue game or just sometimes that there were there were there were forced moments for you, Elijah, it's Michigan. Mm hmm. Where, I mean, it had everything. You're down 13 nothing. You take the lead. You're up, what was it, uh, 29-23? And, or 29-26. 29-26, you're up. And then, and then you're driving, and you're driving confidently. And it just doesn't, doesn't happen for you. So many just incredible games this year where the guy played hurt and made some incredible plays and then made some forced decisions one thing to monitor here is miles brennan from lsu the quarterback he's he's still i mean he's one of the names i know gabriel is Don't going gabriel. to to Ole miss but yeah you have brennan and, and then you got your your peeps on the inside that's saying spencer rattler's dad is in town I'm, it's similar to the old spurriers buying cable in lincoln i'm still taking that with a grain of salt that's just the campus through the grapevine oh i saw spencer rattler's dad by the stadium like did you really did it, was it a guy that looked like Spencer Rattler's dad? Are you for sure? Did you go here's, ask him? Here's what's going to happen. If Nebraska is going to be worth a damn in 2022, they're going to have an offensive line. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a running game. And they're going to have a quarterback that can make plays and win you games, but isn't the entire offense. And that's your, your lasting image with Adrian, is that he had to and was asked to do about everything to, to pick up the slack for offensive line play in in the running game. That's it. That's his career. And it's too bad because, honestly, he could go have a Russell Wilson-type grad transfer senior year. Russell Wilson was 5-7, 8-4-8 uh, 
at NC State. He goes to Berryville and playing in the Rose Bowl because he had help. Burke's best bets. What happens this weekend in the college football front? Some NFL. Danny Burke's on the way. We'll wind down hour two. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of HaleVarsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio. Time for Burke's Best Bets. Daddy Burke with VEASAN Sports Network. You can find him on Twitter at DaddyBurke5. Pride of Chicago, were you on uh, on Nebraska or NC State at all last night for uh, for basketball? You know, thankfully for my mental health and sanity, I was not, Schmitty, but uh, I know a lot of people were involved in that game and were pulling their hair out. So I think it's a win in my book, knowing that I luckily did not handicap that matchup. Well, I think the line was six and a half, so Nebraska got the cover, and dare I say the overs hit with four overtimes. But uh, any prop bets for you on where Adrian Martinez lands up? You think uh, UCLA? You think Oregon? Uh, he isn't going to be back at Nebraska. I, it, it's so interesting. Like, I actually, I know everybody's making the jokes of, um, I forget who was the, whatever the guy's name on Kansas who was there forever, I think Perry, whatever, who, like, made the joke of just, like, never graduating. That's what everybody outside of the thinking of Martinez, but that's just because you think of Taylor Martinez, so you always are accustomed to a Martinez being at Nebraska. But it does seem weird knowing that he still has like a year of eligibility left. I think it makes sense. Like a school like UCLA, as you mentioned, I, I honestly haven't given it much thought, but that kind of adds up to me considering, I mean, he's from California, going back to the West Coast, his type of offense. I can see it. Oregon may be a little bit far-fetched in my opinion, but I honestly wouldn't be surprised about UCLA, Schmitty. So I, I wouldn't disagree with anybody who would say that could be a viable option potentially. You know, you look at some of the landing spots with, uh, with, with Oregon and what they have or don't at quarterback. Same with Chip Kelly and the, and the Frost system, of course. And I know Kansas State's um, possibly in the running just because of some of the connections Adrian has down there. So we'll see. How are you feeling here about conference title weekend? You've got Utah and Oregon uh, 2.0 coming up on Friday. Uh, Utah is minus two and a half. Man, I'm pumped for this weekend, Schmitty. This is arguably my favorite college football weekend. I mean, how could it not be for anyone, really? And this season even more so because you still have a lot on the line technically in Especially, I mean, just with all the coaching carousel, not that that's necessarily going to affect anything too much, but it's just been an exciting week. And in terms of the betting perspective, you really get to see where these sharp numbers are going because, example, what you just mentioned, is Oregon and Utah game. Schmitty, when they played a couple weeks ago, I backed Utah because it seemed like an incredibly sharp play. And, you know, the public looked at Oregon as like, why is this team catching points or ranked? Utah isn't. Well, the thing was, Utah is a completely different team at home. And, arguably have the coaching advantage. 
and then you get a rematch a couple weeks later, and then these same people who are back in Oregon now, they're looking at Utah going, why is Utah only minus two and a half? Why are they only minus three or whatever? But the Sharks seem to be going on the side of the Ducks. I still think, it's as weird of a game as it could be, I still think you know, um, Utah is still the better team in this spot. I'm a little bit hesitant to actually get involved, Schmitty. So, overall, I'm probably going to stay away from this one. But I do lean to that side here um, with Whittingham having the coaching advantage slightly. You just got a physical team in Utah. You've got a rematch, Baylor, Okie State as well. Uh, down in Jerry World, minus five and a half, Okie State. They uh, they did a, a masterful job hanging in and battling back to down Oklahoma and Bedlam. And uh, it's kind of quite a, a back-to-back stretch, quite honestly, for for Oklahoma State to go from Oklahoma then to then to Baylor, and and I know uh, it was a pretty good ball game between the two the first time. Yeah, and you know this is another thing. Like I, I feel like because as you mentioned, kind of a tough spot for Oklahoma State. Like Baylor, in you know somewhat of a familiar spot. Catching points seemed like it would be the appropriate play here. Overall, though. I think the best bet for me would be the under in this game, Schmitty. I mean, two teams who are familiar with each other. We know Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma State's offense can bring it from time to time. But Baylor's defense ain't too shabby. And I just think this is going to be a back-and-forth type of game where the defenses really step up toward the red zone and, you know, inevitably would have them settled for some field goals. So I think it could be a slower-tempo type of game in the sense that it's going to be a lot of ground and pound. So I would actually have the under as my best play for that matchup. Danny, before we get to the Big Ten championship game between Michigan and Iowa, let's go down to the SEC where Org, or excuse me, Alabama uh, is an underdog against Georgia. What are you thinking in that one? Yeah, I mean, this game obviously top of the totem pole for in terms of watching and betting. I mean, you know, the guys at Bet Rivers are sending me the info, and this game single-handedly is going to attribute for about 40% of the handle itself. That's how much action it's getting, which is insanity. But what's also insane is seeing Nick Saban almost catching a touchdown. And briefly, it touched seven. And I feel like if we get seven points with the Crimson Tide and Nick Saban, you feel obligated to take those points. And honestly, even if it's at six and a half, I still think you got to lean toward Alabama. I mean, this team is vying for their playoff opportunity. They're still a team that, no, hasn't looked as dominant, as great as Alabama, but consider this, you know, if you took out the Auburn game, if you handicapped this game before that matchup in the Iron Bowl, which a lot of the sharp guys do, and people on my show are talking to me about it, because, you know, you want to factor in recency bias and make sure to take it out in a sense, then this number would be about three is where you saw it. And you saw Alabama's performance against Auburn, and now it's up to six and a half, even seven. I got a future ticket on Georgia. I want them to win. I want them to cruise to a championship. Don't get me wrong, but I think I got to take the points, if anything, with Saban. Seldom do you see this happen, and I think it is a decent opportunity to grab them with the Crimson Tide. They've not only covered as a dog whenever limited time that's been, they've won outright, like their last five or six meetings. So we'll see if if, uh, Bama and the points is the answer. They're just not as – Dominant Georgia's done about everything right defensively and offensively. But uh, when you talk about the purse being about 40%, that's incredible. Rush Hour is his show. Weeknights all across the nation. Danny Burke, Burke's Best Bets, and uh, VEASAN Sports Network at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. So what do you think here? 11 real high, just right, or a slam dunk here for Michigan as uh, they're a double-digit favorite over Iowa? 
Uh, Schmitty, this has to be the hardest game to handicap. I mean, you take a look at the situational aspect of it, and Michigan just, you know, beat Goliath, right? I mean, which is Ohio State. That was their peak. That was their pinnacle. I know they're in the college football playoff as of now, but they really just did everything, exhausted every resource to win that game, and they did it impressively. Now, to go the very next week at a neutral site in a conference championship game, still against, you know, somehow this Iowa team stumbled into this game, but still a relatively tough Iowa team into late double digits, it's a tough ask. So, as gross as it is to grab the points with the Hawkeyes, I think that's the only way I would go in terms of the spread. I wish this total was like 44 to half because then I'd probably play it under. But honestly, this might be an in-game type of betting spot, like in the sense of if Iowa somehow gets out to an early lead or if Michigan just lets Iowa keep this thing close, maybe you get a lot better price with the Wolverines. It just feels so disgusting to want to take the points with Iowa pre-flop, but I honestly think because of the situation, that might be the right call. Danny, a little less than a minute. What's your NFL lock of the weekend, bud? Oh, lock of the week. Well, how about the Bears? I mean, there's no chance they're going to keep it close with the Cardinals, right? I, I think you tease down Arizona and pair it with another team because presumably Kyler Murray is going to be back. Even DeAndre Hopkins could be in the mix. This team coming off a bye. This Bears team is so depleted right now. They barely got past the Lions with enough coaching again from Matt Nagy. None of those guys want to be there despite what they say. It's going to be Dalton again, simplified offense, but not enough to keep up. So either look to tease down Arizona or honestly just lay, you know, seven and a half, whatever it is, because the Bears don't stand a chance. Follow him on Twitter at Danny Burke, 5 V's and Sports Network, his podcast on all the platforms and uh, rush hour six to seven weeknights, uh, central uh, iHeartMedia and across the country. Daddy, enjoy uh, your weekend. Thanks for the time today. Always, guys. Take care. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good stuff today, Brandon Vogel, Jeremiah Searles, and uh, we'll see if there's an official announcement on Mickey Joseph tomorrow from the university, but... Uh, direction headed that way where uh, Scott will get one of his guys to, to fill that void. Uh, Adrian Martinez says, fare thee well as he hits the portal. And it is a big day because Deb the Spa Lady is back. It's December. She's wearing her Santa hat and she's got a spa for you. Home Innovation Spas 20th and Highway 2 in Lincoln off Industrial Road in Omaha. SpasOnline.com. Deb, you and your elves, man, you're ready for some, some deliveries this Christmas season, aren't you? Oh, we are so busy, and here it is, December already. And I think today they might have wore their Santa hat and shorts. It was so nice. So we'll take advantage of all these nice days to get all those spas delivered. So come in and see what we have. Uh, what a great Christmas gift for the entire family. And it's something that you'll use year-round. One gift, you buy it, you're done. You enjoy Christmas holiday, and your, your shopping is finished. Well, Deb, it's the gift, as Cousin Eddie said, that keeps on giving. It does. <laughs> you, but think about that. I mean, think about the family. Like, uh, oh, did you get what you wanted for Christmas or the holidays? Uh, I mean, how many times do you, you him and haw? Uh, the answer forever is yes if they come see you. That's right. That's right. Come in, see us. We have all the different sizes. 
seven by seven, eight by eight. The swim spas, what a great gift for the family a swim spa would be. So come in, uh, check us out, and uh, we'll uh, see if we can't make a Christmas gift for your entire family happen. That, that is outstanding. Uh, 20th and Highway 2 in Lincoln off Industrial Road in Omaha for Home Innovation Spas. Deb, the spa lady with us. And Deb, you can, uh, on, on wonderful normal days like today where it's 75, you can uh, keep that temperature, well, yeah. where, wherever you want it. You can adjust it. So as it gets cooler out, you turn the temperature up a little bit more, and you just adjust it to whatever the season is. Um, in the summer, use it as a pool. In the winter, it warms you up. You know, on some of those days you're so cold, you just think you're never going to warm up. You know, 10 minutes in a hot tub, and you're, you're warm. You're warm for the rest of the evening. So, yeah, it's a great addition to anyone's home. Deb, when can folks come see you to pick that gift out uh, that, that Santa no doubt would want? 10 to 6, Monday through Friday, and 10 to 4 on Saturday. All right, Deb, how, how much are your Chiefs going to win by Sunday night? Oh, I'm going to say 14. <sighs> Two touchdown win, Deb says, over the donks. Mm. Elijah's a Denver fan. <laughs> so we'll ru- he was, we'll he rub that was in the background doing that. Oh, <laughs> oh well, let's see. <clears throat> what we got to do is, is put Deb and Elijah in a hot tub, and they can, like, Steel cage match it while a Denver KC game's on. Deb, you're the best. We're so happy to, to be back with you. Thanks for jumping on today. Okay, Chris. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. There she is. Get that spa picked out for Christmas, for the holidays. Do it for the family, man. Uh, swim spa or two-seater. It works out well. Busy day. Check the podcast out. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Thoughts on Mickey Joseph, Adrian's departure, Husker Hoops, it's all there. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.